What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, Glenn. Yes. I figured out why Jason has a website. Why is that? He's not exactly the easiest bloke to talk to. Well, let's try that. Hello. Can I speak to uh, Jason Buffhead Furman, please? Uh, what are you doing, you? Well, you heard it here, folks. That's the kind of treatment you'll get if you actually dial Jason from Mindrick Dog Quip. So what you need to do if you want any leashes, tugs, harnesses, balls, reward toys, canine fitness and conditioning equipment, Herm Springer things, anything like that, head to EinswickDogQuip.com. That's E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K.com because you do not want to have to talk to this guy. <laughs> Glenn, what are you doing? I'm enjoying a delicious treat from Bright's Bites. The dog training treats? The same. I've heard that Bright's Bites are not just healthy and nutritious for dogs, but they're so delicious, they're actually a very motivational form of training. They are indeed. We've tested and tried them on site and they work just great. Well, how did you get a hold of those? Did you purchase them off of a website? I went to dogsquadcanineservices.com.au. That's where people should go to get themselves some Bright's Bites, healthy, nutritious, but also highly motivational dog training treats. Get them in your dog, y'all. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in the studio today, not just by my co-host, Glenn Cook. We have in here with us his wife, Narelle Cook, and as a special treat to everybody again, Bertie O'Sheedy. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. What's going on? Well, Full house. All the microphones Christmas. are in action. It's Christmas. We're just showing Clayton that we really do have four microphones because we're putting them all to use in one go. Yeah, that's right. As I said, we have got eight, but technically we're using four. Right, yeah. Mm. We've only got four ports on this We've board. Yeah, that's right. This port is only a four-port board, which is well and truly enough people, but that's good. So, what's going on? It's Christmas. Yeah, it's Merry, Christmas, Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is a Christmas special show. The Christmas special. This is why we wanted to get everyone together so we could do a little bit of a yearly wrap-up, all the fantastic things that have happened, and also give people some sound advice and what they can do for themselves and their dogs to hopefully ease themselves into Christmas, into the new year. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when I speak to people after Christmas, it's unfortunate that it should be a great time of year, but it's also time of year that people have a lot of regrettable things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, fights with families and... Yep, oh. happens a lot, happens all the time. <laughs> 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 happens all the time. It's. I think that's the time of the year where everything blows up a lot in families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Pat and I were just talking about this before. It's a time where... 
sometimes your parents or grandparents unfortunately think it's a great time to get you and the family that you don't get along well together, get you all there, overfeed you and fill you with alcohol. And uh, then the unfortunate side of things takes place where you start telling each other the truth about each other <laughs> all through the year. Um, I should point out because by family listen, we weren't talking about us. No, 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 no. We're just talking <laughs> we were just generalizing. You know, it was a it was a generalization of, of how things happen. Like I enjoy spending time with my family too. My mum came up from Melbourne last year and spent time with Narelle and I and Dave and Maria and we had a great time. They they really wanted to come back, but she thought it's fair to stay back down in Melbourne and spend time with my sister and her family down there as well. Mm-hmm. Well my family, which I totally understand and we really enjoyed her company, had a had a great time together. But look, I know a lot of people who don't. You know, Christmas is not the jolly time of year for everybody. Sometimes Christmas is a, it's a hard, a time of hardship. It's great stress. It's like the end of the year where you've just been working your guts out all year. You have to go to the shops and run around and navigate through traffics and herds of people and wait in lines and queues, cook all day, and then finally you get together and spend time arguing. So. <laughs> I'm not trying to put a dampener on Christmas. I'm just talking about the the reality of it, and I, I guess that's why I brought you into the into the mix, Bertie, because you're one of the people who helps people when they have times of hardship and they're trying to get their head right. Yeah, I do think that Christmas is a huge trigger for everyone, myself included. Like I have to manage myself very well around Christmas. Mm. I think it's such a perfect clusterfuck. Like it's just a perfect shitstorm. Most people haven't had a holiday in a long time. They're tired. They're working long hours. There's a demand usually. People need things from you. So you probably have already not too many spoons left. Like, you know, your tank's pretty empty. Mm. And then all of a sudden you confront it with this massive mountain of social expectations of what Christmas is supposed to look like. Yep. And I think that is the problem that we have this image what Christmas should look like and we influenced by marketing or stories, what it should be. But I do believe that Christmas should be a day where you nourish yourself and your family and the ones you love, you know, your heart people, whoever that is, because sometimes in your family you don't feel like you fit in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes nourishing yourself on Christmas is not over indulging in alcohol or food. Sometimes it is to have boundaries or to go for a walk or to, you know, limit time just to make sure that you're okay and that your needs are being met. And I do think that if we have to protect ourselves at Christmas all the time because we don't want to be there and we just drown it out with alcohol or, you know, food coma, then sometimes it just can erupt because it's not being addressed. And that's hard. Yeah, absolutely. The, and you're right about that too because a lot of times the the hallmark – example of what Christmas is, is, you know, like a beautiful snow field, um, a happy family all in their ugly sweaters together, (laughs) sitting around, you know, the big turkey or the big ham or something like that. And everyone's happy and unwrapping presents. Whereas some people, they're lonely at Christmas. They don't have access to people and they think, well, there's something wrong with me because I don't have that. And then, um, and I've spoken to people at Christmas time, you know, like we've been engaging back and forth on social media where, they kind of let a little bit of vulnerability out and they say, you know, like Christmas isn't really a happy time for me. I mean, I was telling, no, I wasn't telling Pat the other day, I was telling Maria, my one of my bosses, my uncle died on Christmas, my mm. favourite uncle Lee. And um, for us, that was a pretty shitty time. And I never have a Christmas where I think of Christmas as being the most amazing time of the year because the first thing I think of, and I know I shouldn't do this, it's not a dampener for everybody else, but the first thing I think of Christmas is Lee Cook died. 
we got the news. We didn't even get told on Christmas because my grandmother didn't want to ruin it for us. We got told the next day that he passed away, but we found our way found out that he died on Christmas Day. So it was a pretty pretty shitty day. That's heavy. Yeah, but you know, look, it happens for lots of people. You know, people are um, especially in Pat's line of field where you know people are serving in military on Christmas Day and they're away from their families and. At, you know, just because it's Christmas in another part of the world doesn't mean a perfect shitstorm isn't going to erupt for, you know, people in the armed services and so forth. So you've got to think of them too. You know, there's a lot of things. And, again, it's not me putting a dampener on Christmas and saying this is a shitty time here. Don't don't have fun. Don't enjoy it because people are probably thinking, what the hell are you guys doing? You've ruined Christmas for me. I just want to make people realise that there are other thoughts that are happening around this time of year as well. I totally agree. And I think it's also the time where people usually take stock in their life. It's like this reoccurring, you know, date in the year where people take stock. And I think that I really like what you said because it hopefully we can have a bit more compassion with other people. You know, we very often so quickly on the defense where we, our interpretation of someone's behavior, we take it personally or we take it against ourselves instead of just giving them the benefit of the doubt and going like, hey, maybe this is a difficult day for you. You know, we don't know their story for that day or, or what happened for them. And I think that's that's why I love dogs because they are there on Christmas Day. You know, even if you're lonely or if you had a bad day, dogs are there. I think it's Christmas Day every day in a dog's mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Remy was a Christmas present. I know. It was yeah. pretty cool. I put up this funny post when I got him and Sam gave him to me and uh, – I put this thing saying, for years I've been a, a part of the problem in the dog industry saying that you shouldn't give puppies for Christmas and that a puppy's not a good Christmas present. And I was like, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong because I just got a puppy for Christmas and it's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> and, and I feel like everybody should get a puppy for Christmas. It was received how I had hoped it would. Mm. Oh. But yeah, And then I get a photo with him every year. I'll probably have to do it um, next couple of days. Trying in, in the same spot, and it, it gets a more and more awkward photo every year as he gets older and wants to be held like a puppy even less. I force him into it, and we get this photo. Last year, he had a look on his face like, I might bite you. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, it'll probably, it might even happen, but I'll do it. FYI, that picture of Rip going sideways on Santa, screaming his lungs out, is hysterical. Yeah. Let me tell you the story, right? So yeah. uh, it was his second Christmas. So that made him like a year and a half old, right? Yep. And we're in the line and it's not, it's clear it's not going to go well. Like he's, he missed a nap, he's overtired and he's already starting to get the like, hey, I'm not so sure I want to sit in a strange man's lap. Like he's, <laughs> he's that old. And so we go to hand him over and he screams and it's like, no, 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 this ain't happening. And so the people that organize it, they're like, oh, you know, usually we just get you to then sit down and hold him and, you know, it's no big deal. And I was like, no, I don't want to be in the goddamn Christmas in the Santa photo. It's for him. I'm getting a photo with him. (laughs) So like, I'd like fully took charge of the situation. I'm like, Santa, get ready. Say to the girl on the, on the camera, I said, get that thing on like high speed shutter. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get a moment in time. So I start sort of like, um, singing this song that we used to sing group and sort of juggling him around and get him all, all happy. Yeah, do all mm. the chicky chicky chugga, get him happy, and then throw him into Santa's lap, <laughs> hoping that we just like before he even knew what was happening. And he was not having it before he even landed why. in Santa's lap. He's like screwed. He was in the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then 
then Santa's kind of like, oh, well, like we can try this, and they've got all these techniques. And then we look over at the girl that's taking the photos, right? And she's hysterical. <laughs> she goes, "You've got to see this photo." So we go and have a look. I was, like, "That's perfect. That's the photo. That's yep, what I want. Print it, it out." And then Santa even asked us. He's like, "Oh, do you mind if I keep a personal copy of that? That's my favorite, oh my favorite goodness. one. Yeah, it's it's the best photo ever." So Pat Stewart throwing his son at strange men. <laughs> I'll post it in if the group. If that comes up in therapy uh, one day, <laughs> I'll post it in the group. Every, you got to see it. It's it's one of the funniest. It photos. is hysterical. You know, you know the parents who, when they take their kids to the zoo and their giraffe is half consuming their child and they're still mm. videoing it. Oh, Danny, he, yeah. He's one of those parents. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's awesome. That's you know, like I can't wait to show that off at your twenty first birthday. Yeah. yeah. That's always what I'm thinking. This yep. is gonna be this is gonna be the best Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, I know that when my husband Dan was a little kid, he had such orange hair that wherever he went in the zoo, or any animals to always try to grab him by the hair and eat his hair. Like he has a lot of stories of animals grabbing his. It hair. looks like a delicious carrot. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> it's funny how that sometimes happens at the zoo. My mum, this tiger, was obsessed with killing my mum once. We were at the zoo at the old enclosure at Taronga, not the current tiger one. It saw her from down the back, and I, someone was telling me once they can't even see who's in the crowd, but it came straight for her and was desperately trying to maul her, like against wow. the glass, trying to get to her. And as she was scared and moved through the the thing, so too did the tiger, like, no, you're the one I want to eat. Wow. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, that's- Next time I go to the zoo, I want to go with your mum so I can see the tiger. <laughs> yeah, well, that. I can't remember having been since, but it's a whole different enclosure now. Ah. It's a whole different thing. Because usually when you go to the zoo and you look for the animals, like yeah. they're way up the back and you yeah, can't yeah. see them and it's like a bad day. But, you know, like having having someone like her to pull yeah, the tiger to, down to, is- Yeah, to taunt it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm going to the zoo with Pat Stewart's mum. Yeah. So, Christmas again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> get back, back to, to Christmas. Circle back so, around. Well, we've got Narelle here. Yeah, so I wanted to add, I mean, Brady's spoken about how hard it is emotionally for people and relationships and families, but what can make matters worse is people get to the end of the year and, you know, we've had hard years, everyone's tired and, you know, just had enough and so we let down our reason and, you know, we go crazy with food and alcohol, you know, it affects blood sugar levels, people get more irritable, more anxious, more prone to mood disorders, just because they're eating so much crap, it affects their sleep and then, you know, not enough sleep is going to impact on relationships and, and how you, you perceive other people and how you react to other people. So there's, there's a lot going on at this time of year, but within people's control. And then people get to the end of the year and then they let loose with their diets over Christmas and then there's all the regret that follows Christmas Day. And shh, shh, shh. You're killing it for all the gym industries. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Vandercoy will be sitting there going, damn you, Narelle. But that's, I mean... People are still going to do it, do what they do. I mean, it's Christmas and even with my clients, I, you know, I tell them don't stress, don't, you know, don't feel bad if you just sort of enjoy and eat things you wouldn't normally eat and drink more than you would normally drink, but just don't go crazy overboard, like, because then that's when the regrets come in and then people go on these extreme, you know, 1st of Jan detoxes and diets and it doesn't need to be that way. And then they fail at that within the week and then they feel worse about themselves and it's just this vicious cycle. Mm. Well, you've got some pointers there that you wanted to talk to. Do you want to go through those as well? Well, it's just some common sense approaches that, you know, where you can still enjoy yourself over Christmas, but just mitigate the damage a little bit. So a lot of people are drinking more alcohol, drink more water throughout the day. So stay more hydrated and just give your liver and kidneys, you know, that extra support that they need. You know, on Christmas Day or even with a lot of Christmas parties and social functions, people will 
like, you know, Christmas lunch. I know you, Glenn, you'll be like, well, I'm not going to have breakfast because we're going to have this massive lunch. And I'll always recommend that people have something, you know, have something before they go out socially because otherwise you get to where you're going and you're starving and then you're faced with all these nibbles and picks and it's not even the main meal yet. And you can just avoid that if you've, you know, if you've got stable blood glucose levels and you're faced with all the chips and the chocolates and the lollies and the alcohol, you've just got more, you're working more from your prefrontal prefrontal cortex, cortex and, yeah. you know, not that lizard brain of just, you know, give me food, give me sugar. Um, so you're more in control and then you can sort of pace yourself throughout the night. So I always recommend people have, you know, a high protein snack. doesn't have to be massive. Like Christmas morning, I'll probably have a protein smoothie to tide me over to Christmas lunch just so I'm in control when I get to Christmas lunch. So things like that. I mean, you can take digestive enzymes to help, you know. I love digestive enzymes. With, you know, the overwhelming, because I'm going to eat too much Christmas Day. You kind of feel guilty not to, don't you? You feel like there's an obligation to do it because you you go into people's homes, they put so much effort into all the organisation of cooking all the food and getting all the nibbles and getting everything Mm. there. And, I mean, because it's Christmas, they really played it up too. So there's... 10 times the amount of the food that really needs to be there. but And then when you get there, you kind of think, oh, they've gone to so much effort and it mm. looks delicious and I'm, you know, I'm already overweight so I might as well slam into it. And also yeah. you do get guilt tripped. Like in Austrian culture, they're like, you only ate one plate. Do you not love me? <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. like there is this cultural love shows in how much food you eat. Like, yeah. And we're going to get that. We're at an Italian Christmas lunch this year and um, it's all about the food. It's food, very much about food the food. equals love. But the food, that, yeah, the food is amazing. But, you know, what I do over the festive season more so than other times, liver support. So I'll take a twice a day liver supplement. So you can, you know, you can support your body while you are overindulging to help your body recover better. So the digestive enzymes, liver supplements, immune support because people are, you know, running themselves into the ground with poor sleep and lots of alcohol and lots of sugar. I mean, stress support. So magnesium is fundamental, your B vitamins, your liver herbs, um, dandelion root, milk thistle, globe artichoke, you know, choline, schizandra. There's a lot of things you can be taking. If anyone wants more specific recommendations, you know, comment on the, the Facebook page um, in terms of supplements. Stress support, withania, you know, rhodiola, glycine, taurine. All of these things, you know, they're not things you have to take all the time, but when you're putting your body and, and your mind under so much pressure and changing routine over the next, you know, couple of weeks, it's... It just helps. I find it helps. Mm. Mm. I think it's the, the fascinating function from a psychology point of view is that food is also numbing you. Like, you know, if, you, if you're if you too full, you're pretty numb. Like mm-hmm. this food coma is an emotional number or self-soother. So I think that the more stressed you are, a lot of people crave that soothing reaction because they actually are unaware how many spoons they have left mm. or how, you know, that they should ground themselves and come back. So I think there's this real urge to hey i just want to chill and not feel mm-hmm. and food is a social accepted way of numbing yeah and the other hard part is that food is delicious mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's where i struggle but what uh, i what i tell my clients is prioritize so you know if you know you're going to indulge and there's going to be a lot of really awesome food available be honest with yourself what means the most to you like if you love like the pudding and the custard and the ice cream then say that's what I'm going to have and I'm going to enjoy it. So I'm going to forego, you know, all those bowls of chocolates at the beginning of the day sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you're sort of just, yeah, prioritising, you know, where you're going to indulge and let go and what means the most to you. And Personally, it's been my experience on Christmas Day that if you're not like 
sleepy. This <laughs> is so full that you have to have a nap by sort of two thirty, three o'clock. You didn't Christmas correctly, um, <laughs> and and yeah. so that's probably not good advice. So I probably disagree. I mean, <laughs> overindulging to that extent, which we're all going to do, like it's such a burden and it, it's so taxing to the digestive system, which mm. is going to affect the immune system, which is going to affect your mood, and it's this cascade of just bad stuff that happens yeah. to the body. But but it's gonna like I have to say. With having children at home to celebrate Christmas, this is also a moment where we have really good talks or where we just chill together. Like everyone is so relaxed because we have no choice. Like the body just goes like, you were a pig. Mm. But it, I mean, I totally understand where I was coming from, but I also know I will be failing. <laughs> I try. Like we have a, quite a healthy breakfast and lunch this year. A lot of salad. And that's, that is really important because even though I'm saying all this, I, I will still say to my clients, if you binge for two weeks solid, you know, enjoy it and move on. Like don't beat yourself up and think this is now your way of being and that there's no hope and that you're never, you know, going to get where you wait and your health want to be. So do it, move on if that's the way it's going to be. As I said before, when I terrified everybody at Christmas, I don't want everyone to think that Christmas is this dire time of year where everything goes to shit. There are times where, as you were saying before, with your advice on healthy eating and so forth, if you don't sort of – plan for it a little bit better, it can be quite an uncomfortable day. I mean, I remember there's times where I've eaten so much at Christmas, I've come home and felt physically ill, you know, mm. like I'm going to throw up. If if I have one thing more of even smell food right now, I'm possibly going to be physically sick. They're classic indicators that I've eaten too much. The fact that I've got a raging stomach ache, diarrhea for days, <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to throw up, you know, I mean, that's that's not good. So, I mean, I've got to constantly think about things like that because- You were talking about it before, Bertie and Pat mentioning about food being a bit of an emotional crutch at times. I mean, food for me very much is so. You know, when I'm stressed here, especially if I get up during the middle of the night, I go down, check on the dogs, I come back, I might grab something out of the fridge because I'm stressed at that point in time. I've woken up, my heart's Mm. pumping because I've had to run down to the kennel, see what's going on. Then when I come back up, you know, I'll go into the kitchen. I mean, we've got healthier snacks, but it's still eating at the wrong time of night you know, digesting while you should be sleeping. So all those things add up to weight gain. And then, I, you know, you're psychologically compacted by it because then you're thinking, shit, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to do all the things that I should be to, to back my weight off. And now I'm putting it back on again. And, you know, I find that around Christmas time, because we're so busy here, and also that there's an, another issue at hand is that during this time of year, our beautiful clients at pet resorts buy the girls so many chocolates and mm. things in the staff room and they're easily accessible and there's mountains and mountains and mountains of mm. Ferrero Rochers and lint balls and things like that. Like if you go out there now, there's a cascade. It looks like Willy Wonka land out there. And We should go and check it out. Yeah, <laughs> so where exactly? In the staff room. It's like no shit. It's like the staff are saying to me, oh, take as much as you want. And I said, do I really look like I need more chocolate in my life right now? But that's the thing is that for me personally, it's an easy access point. I can just walk in there and grab two or three chocolates or more and then think, shit, you know, I really shouldn't eat them. Now I feel sick and I've got a, a sugar spike and things like that. It's not helpful, especially when you, you're trying to – do something healthier or or live a healthier lifestyle, you know. And I think to myself, all that jujitsu and all that pain you've got to go through, trying to to stay fit, keep your weight down, and then you're only upping it in the amount of calories that you're actually taking in. It's all defies what you're trying to do. And all the lectures you'll hear from your wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? Like we just had Christmas lunch together, 
Morelli's very chilled. Like, I brought two tubs of ice cream <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> and I ate both. <laughs> it's Christmas. I'm on, I'm on the uh, – yes. <laughs> I'm on the upward spiral. So, uh, you know, if anybody has got any bizarre interventionist no. diets to, to suggest, I'm, I'm open to them. So, like, for me – this is a long way from dog training. We were meant to ask about dog stuff, but like, so at the moment I weigh about 92 kilos. I should weigh probably 87. That's, that's where I'm healthy. 94 is where I go, okay, crazy interventionist diet. Here we go. So I'm, I've got, I've, I've got two kilos of playroom before that kicks in. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. My, as a clinical naturopath, my business actually gets, you think, early Jan would be really busy because everyone wants to get on a health kick, but most people already have some preconceived idea of what they're going to do first of Jan. Where I get busy is sort of the fourth week of January. Like people have tried for two or three weeks and then then they realize it's not sustainable or it's just not working, you know, because it's just so ridiculous and their body is just suffering. And then that's when they come and see me for a bit more voice of reason for Mm -hmm. what's healthy and sustainable long-term. So Pat... I'll see you on the fourth week of Jan. <laughs> oh, I'll be back to 87 kilos by then. It'll be fine. But you just, you just said something that I think is really important to highlight. It's that you have to have realistic expectations around Christmas. Mm. Like you, people go in with this really blue-eyed, idealistic, out of touch with reality kind of view on so many things, whether it's around their values, around family, what they're mm. going to eat, what their new year's going to be. And it's such a trigger for people to either over- analyze the past or worry way too much about the future. Like they worry about what 2020 will bring. And most people say, oh, 2019 was a really difficult shit year, which I'm sure it has been for a lot of people. I don't want to minimize that, but it's so important to really try to stay in the present moment and be grounded and grateful for certain things. You know, like there is this, this idea that it's never enough. It's never good enough or it's not the way it should be. And how can we not do that how can we be kinder to ourselves or have more discipline around it mm-hmm. hey so let's try and talk some dogs neural what do we got to be careful of all right even though we're dog people and our listeners are dog people a lot of the family that people will be with on christmas day may not be dog people or understand what's safe and what's not safe for dogs and christmas is like a peak time for poisonings, food poisonings um, with dogs for lots of things that some people mightn't think about, like ham. Christmas ham is not a good one for dog. Really? Yeah. So Why is that? Oh, because of the glazing that they the put salt? on it? The salt is um, a big one for the actual meat. So mm-hmm. if you're giving your dog leftover like scraps of the actual ham, but a lot of people with any meats that they're eating, they'll be like, oh, I'll be healthy and take the skin off or I'll take the fat off or the, the crackling and you know, the well-meaning family member is throwing all the skin and the fat to the dog and that's really bad. So that can cause acute pancreatitis in dogs, fatty diarrhea, which you don't want to be dealing with on Christmas night or Boxing Day. Or any time, mm-hmm. really. When you're feeling less than optimal. Mm-hmm. When you've already got fatty diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, oh, Glenn, how do you? Um, I know, how do you, sir? I mean, most people are aware of chocolate, but there's a lot more chocolate lying around around Christmas time and mm-hmm. um, like loose and in bowls and things like that. Christmas puddings and mince pies. Um, I got told off for this the other day. Just yesterday. Just yesterday, yep. Glenn was giving scraps of. I wasn't, no. Oh, how did it I ha- go? No, I have to correct you, lady. How dare you, ma'am? <laughs> wow. I was eating, I was eating some Christmas pudding and 
a bit fell on the floor and I picked it up and you said, yeah, don't give that to the dogs. That's where that okay. went in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've been corrected. Yep. <laughs> but that, is that because of the, like, sultanas? Yeah, all of those grapes, sultanas, raisins, they're all toxic. Um, they don't actually know what the compound is that is toxic, but it can cause acute kidney failure in your dog. And some of the symptoms with the, um, the foods to avoid, I mean, they can become apparent within an hour or two, but some can take 12 hours or more to really have a significant effect on your dog. And by that time, you know, you might be passed out yeah, yeah. Um, from your Christmas coma. Macadamia nuts are not good and, you know, they're more prevalent at Christmas time. Onions and garlic, so a lot of our stuffing. So people might, like family may not think if they've got like stuffed turkey and they'll give their dog some of the turkey, but it comes with a big chunk of stuffing or they don't want the stuffing, so they throw it on the floor for the dog to eat. Mm-hmm. That's a nasty one that can cause a lot of severe damage to the red blood cells and anemias in dogs. Alcohol, you think that would be a no-brainer, but alcohol is not good for dogs. Someone in Melbourne I was talking to recently, like, was boasting about how they give their dog beer, you know, every Christmas and didn't want to hear my opinion on that. So can can I just explore that for one second? Is alcohol especially bad for dogs or is it bad for dogs in the same way it's bad for people? Like, it's just not, like, it's not acutely bad for dogs, right? It's not, it's dose So so what I mean is, like, if, if if a dog happens to drink a spilt beer or something like that. Like people shouldn't be freaking out. It's just bad for them in regards to like long-term use or, or and, and obviously you don't want to get your dog drunk. Like that's not uh, ideal, but it's not as though if your dog happens to lick some of your wine that got spilt, then it, you need yeah. to go to the vet. I mean, it depends on on the amount of alcohol, the the strength of the, like the potency of the alcohol, the size of the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of factors that would determine the outcome. But if someone left their glass of wine or, you know, their spirits on the floor and the dog got into the whole glass, you know, that could eventually lead to coma and death. So it has, like in humans, it has a really strong impact on the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't want a dog that's just sitting on your couch all day and refuses to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what to say to that, yeah. Um, Artificial sweeteners, you know, xylitol particularly. People might be trying to be healthy over Christmas and doing the whole artificial sweetener low, you know, low sugar, but that's, Really quickly toxic to dogs. Cooked bones, again, most dog people will know cooked bones are a, a definite no-no, but family members may not. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, beyond the food, if you think of the environment that dogs are in at this time of year, with Christmas trees, all the decorations on a Christmas tree can cause um, intestinal blockages and perforations, things like that. Mm. Kids' toys, like little bits of Christmas toy parts lying around, batteries, that have been bought for the Christmas toys lying around, fairy lights, you know, all of these are massive safety hazards for our dogs. Yeah, there's been plenty of things like that I've known of people in the past that their dogs have been in dire straits over swallowing sharp objects on trees and bits of lights and so forth or have been badly burnt or electrocuted on chewing the, the, the lights. They're a lot safer now than what they used to be because, I mean, they're LEDs, but they're still dangerous. But when I was growing up, I know a few people who lost their dogs at Christmas time because they would chew on the lights and blow their heads off. Not literally, but electrocute mm. themselves. Even children would playing with um, those old bulb lights. You know, I mean, as I said, they're low voltage and they're LEDs now, which are 
are less likely to cause those problems. But still, you, as Narelle was pointing out, you don't want your dogs getting into the Christmas lights or the baubles decorations when they're very sharp and they can perforations in the bowel mm. and so forth. That you know, I mean, they're they're very deadly. And unfortunately, a lot of vets get to see people on Boxing Day because they're mm. or around the Christmas time because their dogs are getting into things that they shouldn't be. So it just takes that. Again, to add the little bit of stress to Christmas, it just takes that bit of time where you've really got to watch and monitor where your pets are and what your well-meaning idiot family members are doing with your dogs when they're around, you know. That's yeah. often, again, we did an episode a while ago where Pat and I were talking about this. I think it was a frequently asked question show. Mm. It's usually the best time just to let people have a pat at the dogs, let them enjoy their company for a minute and then put them in, out of harm's way. I was mm. just going to say like my – Like what you do with Luna. Yeah, because my dog, she can cope with so many people being present for – couple of minutes and then she's like please take me away thank you mm. like you know I, and i think for us people we sometimes also maybe would benefit from a breath of fresh air or walk around a block if it gets too much for us yeah but intense time i think that's something as uh, professionals we should all really be explaining to clients and that sort of thing is that cumulative effects of stress so like you, stress model. yeah but just so you have you know, more people in your house than you normally have. There is the temptation of all those foods around. There's kids probably, you know, laughing, running around, causing all these sort of things. So monitor your dog and and don't expose them. Don't set them up to fail. Like that's something that- That's great um, advice. That's something that, you know, I do with my own dog. Like our neighbor's kids come over regularly, right, and come and play. And he's great. Like Remy- um, Val takes herself outside. Remy's so social, he he wants to be involved, but then you can see him kind of hit a point where he's like, I am going to do something that I'm not allowed to do. And it'll just be that he'll go in like a crate, he'll do zoomies or something like in the house. And I can see that coming and he, always, he never just goes to craziness. There's always a like hey, here it comes, and then I put him in his box. And, and he almost, you can see him as the box opens like, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for controlling me. And I think, you know, when dogs end up going crazy or doing something that is uncharacteristic of them in the, like the family setting like that, it's because of that accumulative effect of the stress over the day. And it can be like with Remy, it's not a negative impact of stress. It's He loves hanging out with these kids, but he also knows he's not allowed to run around as crazy as they are because, you know, he's potentially dangerous when he does that and not by, not on purpose dangerous, but he barrel them, barrel them over and not care. I mean, he's nearly cut his own leg off and didn't care, you know? So he's a, so he knows he's not allowed to do that. And I, I think that a less attentive owner would, basically wait for it to happen Mm. and then deal with the problem. Whereas I think when you have that many people in your house, pay attention to your dog, give it the exposure that is healthy for it and then put it away and bring it back out again later and, and kind of like pulse their interaction with the family. And if you've got the, if you've got a dog that it's fine with it, let the dog be fine with it. But then Mm. you've got the issues of paying attention to what your dog is eating and all that kind of stuff. I would love to have, I know there's a few vets that listen to the show. I'd love to have someone comment on the Facebook groups about maybe the stats that they see of poisoning um, Mm. on, on Christmas or, or around Christmas, you know, as compared to any other random Wednesday, you know. And it's the worst time of year for it to happen too because only the emergency vets are open during that time, which means that you're going to be paying exorbitant amount of fees. I mean, they're they're vets that are working on public holidays. Yeah, they're public holidays, but they're high penalty days. Yeah, so the vets are working on high penalty days, so you're – Unfortunately, on the hook, you have to pay it. Yeah. The same thing when we're when we're full at the kennels. If we've got anything that happens, and we have to take the dog to overnight or you know animal surgery areas because the local vets are all closed for Christmas, that we get stung with a higher higher penalty fee. Yeah. Uh, well, 
I've got some UK data. I don't know why I've got UK data, but I do. And it says 15% of dog owners have sought emergency help on Boxing Day. And there's a 40% increase in the emergency calls to vets at Christmas time. And this might just be one particular vet clinic. I'm not sure. I count in that 15%. It was Boxing Day when Remy smashed his teeth. Uh, oh, it was too. And he had to drive to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's right. And another fun fact, 70% of dog owners um, give their dogs a gift for Christmas. So, yeah, right. Yeah, we don't do that. We pet them. Yep. <laughs> All right, you benevolent. More. <laughs> Like giving a child, like a two-year-old, a toy, and then they spend more time playing with the box than they spend playing with yeah. their beautiful I, toy that you've I been. I used to give my dogs gifts at Christmas. I used to, before I had a kid to give gifts to. Yeah, um, I guess we don't have kids. So. Yeah, we have in the past. We've sort of done little birthday things for them, but yeah. I think what we do is we just up the attention by shitloads on their birthdays or Christmas, so they get extra special love time. Because that's what they're craving. That's where so they're what are you saying lies. that you, you withhold it from them the other days? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to add something to my dangerous list for dogs. With Christmas, there's a lot more paracetamol or acetaminophen for our US people being used, a lot more non-steroidal anti-inflammatories being used, a lot of handbags with packets of pain meds put on the floor. You know, when people go to people's houses and you just put your handbag on the floor – so that's a really easy access, you know, for dogs, and that's dangerous. And for children also, too. Tampons. Ah, My friend's dog true. ate a tampon. Sorry, it's not that classy, but it's true. <laughs> we did, do. Did it get a blockage? Yeah, it had to go to the vet because he played yeah. with it and swallowed it, and um, you know, it's biology. So. Mm. Mm. Things like that that a lot of people just wouldn't think about. You know, a handbag on the floor. What's the deal with paracetamol? That is a poison to dogs, right? It is. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that. I used to watch that show about Sash. Or it was Bondi Vet, but they would have Sash, the emergency section. And I remember seeing there that was someone that gave their dog like Panadol, like a regular painkiller, and uh, pretty sure the dog died in the show, I think. But yeah, so don't do that. Too much Panadol in people, you know, it kills the liver. That's how it kills Mm -hmm. you if you do an overdose. But um, so I guess, again, smaller dose, smaller body size for a dog, it wouldn't take much Mm. to do damage. And what about chocolate? I mean, there's that classic picture of that boxer in the vet spewing like a fountain. It looks like a chocolate lava fountain coming Mm. out of its mouth. Mm. And people don't realise that chocolate is actually very toxic to dogs. And yet you'll find people slipping chocolate and raisins and things like that. Um, what, What is the toxin in chocolate? Do you know what it is? That's um, Theobromine's the main one in chocolate. Theobromine, yep. Chocolate, dark chocolate also has caffeine. So it's like a double whammy. Yep. Don't give your dogs chocolate. They really don't need it. If you want to give them anything, give them a healthy dog treat. They'll benefit. Some bright spites, maybe. Bright spites, yes. Yeah. yeah fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that everybody's getting stuck into me for enjoying. Yes. Mel Ponsky from WA, she contacted me and said, I'm really confused about the fact that you're enjoying Kylie Bright's dog treats on the ad with Pat. She goes, the one with Jason is hilarious, but the other one just has me confused because you're eating the dog treats. (laughs) (laughs) FYI, I have actually eaten the venison because the venison is just venison jerky. So I did have a, a try of that and it was delicious jerky. So I did enjoy that. Kylie doesn't recommend them for human Human consumption consumption. (laughs) like that's not what she packages them or recommends them for she never said to me go ahead and and chow down on it it's good for you or anything like that they're four dogs but i thought fuck it i'm going to try some of this Mm -hmm. and it was actually really nice i I haven't i guess the point was it's human grade quality it's human grade quality and she's used all perfectly great organic material in creating her i know she's a show sponsor but the only reason we're endorsing it because it's good stuff 
we're not doing it just because she pays us to do it. We're doing it because it's good stuff because we won't put it on the show otherwise. And now you have to justify your position as to why you ate it. Yeah. Because people will be wondering if you just go and try the Royal Cannon as well. <laughs> no. <laughs> just I, out of curiosity. There's no Royal Cannon in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh, that look. So what else about Christmas and dogs? Or what about the show? What's, what's I have one more point that I really want to say. Mm-hmm. I heard from a lot of people around me that their diaries are really, really busy before Christmas. Yeah. Like I think, you know, people get a lot of requests and calls and intake. And I think this is the time now to say no. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time to go like, no, you can call me again in the new year or whenever you're back. But mm. I think it's really important that you don't add to your stress levels because I think people realize, hey, there's this party coming up. My dog does so and so and so and so yeah. and so. So Yeah, be so the, the react that's for sure the case in people who do in-home behavior modification. Uh, this is the busiest time of year because people suddenly remember that Nana's coming over and the dog still jumps all over everybody and her and her arthritic slash metal hip there's probably not not a great time to have the dog jumping and suddenly they need that fixed yesterday. Mate, that's a really good idea. And I guess for people who aren't dog trainers who do listen to the show, because I know there's a percentage of people out there, that's actually a really salient point. And I think people need to try and encourage and get it out there into the wilderness that there's no point in trying to cure something right on the death knock. Yeah. I mean, this is something that's going to take a period of time to condition the dog to be in a right behaviour. and, and Really, the melody of our show along the way has tried to encourage people to do that. That's a great point. It's really, really essential that people start thinking about things like that because if you're just leaving it till, you know, like mid-December to try and get rid of something that's going to take at least two months, time with you and your mentor to establish a set behavior and also time for you to take it away and work on it, you really need to be thinking of things like that back in September. You know, but I mean, dog training is is a lifelong skill. Anyway, it shouldn't be just something that you only consider when the dog is doing something terribly wrong and you're disappointed with it. It should be a onset behaviour that you're continuing to do from the time you bring it home, and it doesn't have to be a long period of time. I mean, most training sessions can be five to ten minutes a day, five to ten minutes of incremental work. It can really improve the relationship between you, your dog, and even the people that are coming into the home as well. Consistency in that. Yeah, all of it. But it's the same with health, like to bring it back to human health. It should be something that you're consistently and sustainably doing, you know, across the year. You shouldn't get to like November. Nah, fuck that. Once you hit <laughs> 94 kilos, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, spring, spring hits and people freak out that summer's around the corner. So suddenly, you know, they're going into panic mode to get in shape for summer. And then, you know, news hits and then it's more panic modes. And I just try and educate my clients, you know, just. Keep an even keel and life will be so much easier than these, you know, crazy weight gain, weight loss, bad diets on and off. It's easier for people in Canada and the United States because it's dress up time at that time of year. Like they don't have to look good at the beach at Christmas time. For all us Aussies, we have to try and look good at- at Big jackets, big eating. Yeah, big jackets, big eating. And I mean, Aussies, it's like stripped down to the bare essentials and let it all hang out while we're sitting there flopping around- getting stuck in your Christmas pudding. Then you've got to be on your best down at the beach the next oh, no, day, just- Boxing Day, where you're half drunk and looking flabby and everything. Bloated. Hanging, you just yeah, need to find that, that one or two beaches in Sydney or wherever where no one is. <laughs> like, no one cares. No, that doesn't exist at Christmas. Oh, I, well, I'm, never mind. Don't give away your secrets. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
I give away your secrets. Any closing points from anyone? I just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone because we, I was really lucky to have such a good year with the Canine Paradigm, so I wanted to be very grateful for that and just thank you for the love. Well, it was a really I, good th- year. Thank you. See, that's a nice thing to sort of on closing in talking about this is we've talked about some of the dire things of Christmas. Now let's swing it around a little bit and talk about some of the things to be grateful for at Christmas. So who would like to go first? As Bertie opened with, it's a time of reflection and that, and I think that can be a good thing as, as well. Mm. Everything that you can be grateful for. I agree. And we've said this a myriad of times as well. I'm eternally grateful for the community that Pat and I and Bertie and Narelle and, and many others of us who are involved in the canine paradigm have established. It's been a wonderful year reflecting back on 2019. I mean, I'm sure there are things that have gone wrong in 2019. I've read other people's posts where they've said it hasn't been such a great year, but I mean, you'll find that in 2020 with some people as well. You know, the year is what you'll make of it. It has been quite a good year. I've enjoyed myself. It's the same as most years of my life. You've had, you have ups, you have downs. You spend time with people that you really want to be with. You spend time with people that you don't really want to be with. Essentially, it's what you make of it. I mean, you sometimes you just got to look harder for the silver lining in the cloud. I mean, I love reading back on on some of the stories that people have shared, the progress people are making with their dogs. As I said, the communities that we're building, things that are happening inside the IACP. It's mm. just incredible when you don't focus so much on the negative side of things, but you look at the things that you're building and creating around you and the communities that are pitching in and the people that will help. I mean, we've been going through this in Australia a lot at the moment. I mean, I I don't want to so much date the show, but there's large parts of New South Wales that are on fire at the moment right at Christmas time. It is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But, you know, in such dire times when people are facing so much stress at such a difficult time of year, there's also so many good stories that are coming out of it. There's a lady that did the NDTF course with me, Rachel Ratcliffe, um, mm. and she, you know, she lost a large amount of, of her property, her fencing, her sheds, her, you know, family cars and so forth. Such a good natured, lovely person. I privately contacted her to see if she needed anything. You know, I said, if you need dog food or anything, just come get it, do whatever you need to do. I mean, she's heartbroken. Her neighbors next door, that place burnt down, but she just had such an upbeat attitude, you know, like that real lovable Aussie side to to people of she'll be right you know like it's bad right now but she'll be right and she got she really did get stuck into it and I thought just absolutely amazing another person too who has been impacted this well there's a lot of people that we don't know some terrible things that are happening to people that we don't know and our heart goes out to them but uh, Nicole Smith who did oh, go yes. to ISCP people would have met her her boarding kennel business has been impacted her and her husband lost a lot of cars. There were some classic cars that they had which weren't insured. But again, you know, like a real hardship of, of spirit and character. I mean, she's really looked at the positive side rather than the negative side of just, you know, look, it's happened. Let's focus on the rebuilding side of things. And I mean, I'll tell you, for some of you guys, my absolute admiration goes out to you because I don't know how I'd deal with that sort of stuff like that. That would really stress the living shit out of me. I'd, I confess I would probably be... Doing it hard, overhearing or over ha- having something personally happen like that. But when I see you guys, you really fill me with inspiration. I'm I'm just so proud to know people like you. You you really do look at such a traumatic time and turn it round into okay, it's happened. We have to deal with it now. We have to focus on getting it all back together. So thank you guys. I mean, it's a wonderful life lesson for myself and hopefully other people out there. Lots of love. 
Lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah. If we, yeah, thinking of you. I know both of, I know Rachel and Nicole, and it's just devastating. They're so brave right now. Like, you know, they have to dig deep right now. So, yep. Something I wanted to say about Christmas, you know, thinking about Christmas time of year and the, the impact of the community and, it, you know, talking about everybody that's sort of experiencing hardship. But I, I definitely wanted to give a big thank you to the support of the listeners that we have for the show. My God, yeah. Um, this year for me has been certainly the biggest uh, of professional growth. Mm. For, like it's been a crazy year for me and sort of headed on a trajectory that I didn't really see coming. Uh, as well as for, uh, it's been a tremendous year of personal growth as well. Something that's been amazing for me is the amount of people that uh like people's homes that I've been in this year, you know, when you're traveling around and people invite you into their home and you, you know, you're staying there in some cases and, but you know, you had just having a meal with people in their home. And I feel like this year I've probably had more conversations with, I've had conversations with more people this year than certainly any other year in my life. And that's just a consequence of travel. I'm traveling a lot and, and meeting a lot of people but it's been it's been pretty amazing to see the support that we have gotten, and I think that it's easy to say like we we've been lucky for sure, and we've been working hard, but we've been supported by so many people in doing that. And yep. so for now at Christmas, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to everybody that is involved in that and has helped us sort of get to where we're at now. Because I fucking love where we're at at the moment, mm. and uh, we're here because of the support of so many people. So well, to all the listeners that are, if you're still with us at this late period in the <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas show with had no topic. Thanks. Really appreciate it. And honestly, like that's not, you know, you hear that's not a throwaway line. Like I'm unbelievably grateful for where we're at, where I'm at I can speak for myself only. Right. But where I'm at and the support of the people that have gotten us here, it's been enormous and overwhelming. Well, that's exactly right because the show or a seminar or anything is only as successful as the people who come along to support yeah, it. Right. And, you know, the, the mere fact that we've grown exponentially in the canine paradigm. I mean, you, you and I go back two years ago now when we first sat down to talk about this and, you know, we kind of thought maybe this show will attract a couple of hundred people and we'd be lucky to do this. And, you know, you look at the stats now and we're 120 countries around the world the show has been heard in, whether or not that's entirely legitimate everywhere, but it's still – Shows on the statistics, 120 countries. We're close to 350,000 downloads total now. Each month we've got about um, – <laughs> Do you know what I was just thinking of? Do you, ever, do you ever right at the start early on, it was like a seventh country, someone in a seventh oh, country, no. <laughs> and it was Malaysia or somewhere, and then someone po- – it was someone from Australia was like uh, – uh, I was over there. Come down. <laughs> <laughs> I was on holidays and I downloaded a show. Just fucking keep your pants on. <laughs> it yep. doesn't count. Yeah, well, some of those stats might be fudged up because of that of that fact. So if you yeah. do while you're on holidays, if you're listening to the show, it might be yeah. that that we could just be that a lot of people use a VPN, and it's <laughs> that's only, true too. Yeah, there's only we've only got twelve oh, listeners. God, you're killing now. You really killed my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> there is another side that I wanted to add to it before, and Bertie, this probably goes back into your domain. Is that for people who are facing a little bit of hardship over Christmas? Talk to people, you know, mm-hmm. like don't suffer through it on your own. There's a few people have reached out to me when they've heard me tell a story or Pat tell a story or Birdie or Narelle or someone who's been on the show. And just in passing, they've told me, you know, they've revealed a little bit of vulnerability about things that are going along in their own life. And 
you know, what I try and encourage people to do is is find a birdie, you know, find somebody who you can professionally talk to because you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to sit at home with your dark thoughts and suffer alone with them. You can actually reach out to somebody and, I mean, if, if even if talking to a friend is easing that burden on your mind, like, you know, there's times where I've spoken to people and they've said, and I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist or anything. I'm a dog trainer and a business guy. So I've never professed to have those um, professional qualities. But I mean, the fact that you can reach out to a friend and sometimes share the burden for people, they've given me feedback and said that made me feel so much better. So there are times where just being able to download, I gave somebody a strategy the other day, which is something that I do if I get really angry sometimes is I'll write it on paper with Mm -hmm. a pen. I'll let all the venom come out of me. If I'm really doing it, I'll just start sketching things down and then I'll burn it because I've actually got it out of my system. And I thought it was all a bit of woo-woo when somebody first told me about that. But I have found that it's helping me and that way I can just clear it out of my system. It never has to leave my mouth or it doesn't have to circulate in my thoughts. It just gets out of me. You know, I actually get to project it somewhere else rather at the wrong person or at the wrong time or you know, like when I'm feeling a little bit edgy about something like that, I don't have to let it explode at the wrong point in time. It's been very helpful. I don't know. There's a lot of coping mechanisms that work differently for different people. All I'm suggesting for you is that if you are feeling a little dark and things are closing in on you, do something about it. You know, change your stars basically. And one of those things about reaching out to a professional that can guide you and can help you. I mean, Narelle, you've talked about there's hotlines that people can... Yeah, there's Lifeline. Lifelines. There's suicide callback line, like Lifeline is 13, 11, 14. Yeah. And And there's services now that you, if you don't like to talk, you can text, they'll text you back and forwards or they'll email back and forwards. So you don't have to be talking to someone. Yeah, that's an important point because some people just don't like really vocalising things. Mm. I mean, you know, we're in a day now where people prefer not to have vocal contact. They feel more comfortable texting to people. I've spoken to people before on the phone and the phone conversation is awkward But if you have a text conversation with that person, it's very progressive. You can get things out. But you talk to them on the phone, it's like lots of silent time and lots of dead space in between it. But you have a text conversation with them and and things are moving quickly. Yes. No, chatting is really popular, especially for people who are maybe socially anxious sometimes. The other thing is if you can't get through to anyone, just go to your GP, have a talk to them. They have basic strategies most of the time you can see someone the other one is just change your behavior change your surroundings just go out drop your anchor take your dog for a walk you know just i can also post a 10 mindful pats where you just do self-soothing with your dog it's just a very basic patting exercise with your dog if your dog likes being patted just my main message is things will pass whatever you're going through it will pass things always change life changes all the time we love you Thank you so much, TCP community. You're awesome. There you go. I'm going to wrap it up. That's the one. <laughs> Anything closing, Narelle? No, I love you too. Okay. That's it for another for the Christmas episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. If you want to support the show, best way to do that is via Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you an extra episode and you can donate. Show you all. Christmas love through yeah, Patreon. Yeah, show you Christmas love. Yeah, yeah, just bump yourself up a tier. Who yeah. knows? Right? Whatever. Yeah. Just, I don't know, it'd be cool. Teespring's going to be amazing soon because yep. we've got a new design coming out. Yeah, very soon there'll be something new on Teespring. I think you're going to like it. Yep. But don't hold back. Buy the other stuff. Buy the old stuff Absolutely. as well. 
rep that merch. Uh, and if you want to get in contact <laughs> with us, best way to do that is via email. We are info at the canine paradigm.com. Glenn, music. Music. <laughs>